Welcome to the Three Thirds Man, One Third Scouts podcast. This week it is episode five. Uh, lots of things uh, ready and lined up. It's uh, good to go. Well, I'm joined by my fellow podcasters, Mr. Ross Smith and Mr. Simon Mann. How are we doing, fellas? Very well. I'm just grateful that, uh, that you've you invited me to this. I imagine my disappointment I didn't get invited to uh, Maurice Keane's uh, party last week. Yeah. Well, I was, it was uh, one hill. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was all primed and set. Well, oh, did you go, Ross? It was a bit of a drive to Merseyside, but um, <laughs> I stuck uh, I stuck Claire in the boot like that couple who went to pick up that window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, managed to get away with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, football is not learning. I, I mean, if you're a famous celebrity, you are going to get noticed if you're out and about at a party. It, it's just. It seems to yeah. <laughs> unless, 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 and unless it's a fancy dress party. Have you seen? Have you seen that? Have you? Because he put loads of it out on social media. I haven't seen anything. I've not seen anybody like screenshotted anything or send anything out. Well, how no, I, haven't, I haven't seen. Seems pictures, I think, but I haven't seen anything. Oh, no, so, yeah. I haven't seen anything. He put it all over social media, didn't he? Jeez. I mean, the other thing. They would think it's Moyes Keane, so I'm not really that interested either. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, he could he could be in the flat with me at the moment. I probably wouldn't know. I mean... Not, <laughs> not prolific, is he? <laughs> no. I mean, he definitely could be studying in front of a football goal and he wouldn't make any difference. So, I mean, I don't... Yeah, exactly. He's, a, he's another one along with Kieran Tini that I had uh, lots of... Yeah, <laughs> I think I had him for the first eight weeks. I think they said today it's called one in 26. I was like, oh... Yeah, I mean, straight in the fantasy football team at the start of the season. The other thing with Moyes Keane in this part, uh, Duncan Ferguson could have drove him and then 10 minutes later picked him up and took him home again. (laughs) (laughs) So he might have actually not been there that long. So, Yeah, well, I better better be hoping the lockdown lasts a while now. He knows he's got to face Duncan Ferguson in training (laughs) when when the next back in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's not great. I had my uh, one of my weekly highlights going for the big shop today. Oh, did you not bump into each? Did you not coordinate this week? No, we, we, I, I put mine off. We, I've tried to. I was trying to get the cupboards empty, so I've tried to put it off now for as long as possible. So I don't uh, think I'm going to. I don't think I'm going to go till Wednesday. Well, have a guess how much the big shop costs this this time round. Well, I know you. I know you buy a lot of lager to drink at home. So I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go for a, a three figures. Yeah, but uh, what? What three figures? Oh, what? What does it start with a two? <laughs> Not far. It was. It was one seven nine this this week. Wow, we. Wow, yeah. is it steak steak every night in your house. Yeah, we had to buy a lot of. Um, Baby things, random, random little things that just added up that you don't think are going to cost a lot, but end up costing quite a lot. Yeah, we used to make we used to make that excuse. Well, we 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 did or didn't buy nappies, depending on whether we were happy and whether to buy nappies. <laughs> well, we just pooing everywhere on the floor. Nah, we <laughs> we didn't think we'd need them this week. <laughs> No, but we normally buy about three. We normally buy about two or three packs. You don't need to buy them every week. 
So some weeks it's more expensive because you've had to buy loads of stuff, whereas actually other weeks you can do a, a full shop and actually oh, you don't need to get everything because you bought loads of it last week. Well, this so, week it was supposed to be it was supposed to be Claire's turn to pay. So I took a card, but then when I like I was doing the scan as you go, and before it even got into the food shop, I'd already racked up about fifty quid, and I thought, oh gosh, this is going to be pricey. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's all started yeah, so, alright so Claire was paying I'm not surprised so you were, yeah. I mean, was Claire there were you on your own no I was on my own so. oh exactly yeah so Ross is so still the tiki a... bar that I set up outside <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did see funnily enough I did see it it was either in Asda or in Sainsbury's when I went uh, either which way I did see them on one of the ends was a tiki bar I thought how essential yeah. currently to buy a tiki bar for your, for your garden at the minute that's Asda. The thing is, what really annoys me, because they're selling loads of stuff that I think, oh, I'd buy that now because I'm saving a bit of money. But then because I'm going on my own, I won't be able to get it round. You need like three trolleys to get some of this stuff round. And I just, for what, for <laughs> what one person happened? to manage. Tell you what would have been perfect. Because I remember chatting before Christmas and you're, you were really hoping you were going to get a beer pump, weren't you? Yes. And yes, only buy it, that, actually. If that had been installed, you would have had a great lockdown, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, the, the only thing, I'd have, to, I'd have to rely on the delivery of the kegs, but yeah, that would be... Uh, yeah, that is true. But I, although at the same time, I've got a feeling you could probably get a keg of beer from a pub quite easily now, because I think they are no. going off, isn't Yeah. It? Well, I, I, um, I read that, uh, on Twitter that Brewdog was saying that they've got like 50 million pints of beer that are going to go out a day. So they've created an app called Beer Hop. And uh, it tells you, like, they'll, they'll do delivery of draft beer to your house or you can go and pick it up. So I so I downloaded this app and I thought, well, Manchester. I know there's a brew dog in Manchester. So I typed in my postcode and I said, check availability. It said, you're not eligible for delivery. And I thought, oh, that's absolutely fine. I didn't expect it would be. So then it said, uh, show your nearest, um, like, collection point. So I said, yeah. So I pressed it, loaded it up. 289 miles away. <laughs> I thought, you're get, not making it easy for up. people. <laughs> no, well, no, I just couldn't believe it. I thought, 289 miles. That is, a, that is a drive with some beer, isn't it? It explains the cost, though. Because <laughs> even when they're open, I think it's too expensive. But uh, yeah, Punk IPA is... Uh, oof, you get small cans and it costs the most. Yeah. No. Oh, oh well, he's, he's gone. Got <laughs> to collect a delivery, hasn't he? I say, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's banging at his door for the beer. <laughs> Must be knocking on. I um, I went for my first run on Saturday. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I've been. So I've done. I was on. I think I'd racked up about thirty-two days of doing Joel Witz continuously. So I just oh, done. Yeah. Ra- oh yeah. So you, I just done, done the ra- prep. Yeah. So I just done random things that during like. I'd done some of his other stuff, which, um, I mean, the kids' stuff sometimes absolutely floored me. So, I mean, he was doing this stuff for primary school, and Asher would always tease me to say, like, you're coming in panting and puffing for air, and this kid it's supposed to be for kids in primary school, most of this stuff. <laughs> so I was like, well, yeah, there is that. And so I thought, well, I'll try some of the other stuff that's actually on his channel that he just normally does anyway. And it's just, some of it's just insane. I was like, I can't, I can't cope with this. So I thought, I, I, thought I, I didn't do it. I, I can't remember why I didn't do it Saturday now. But I thought Saturday night, I thought I'd go for a run. I thought I'd go for a run in 17 so I can get on. Because the last time I went for a run, I was like, 
I can, I'm James Milner, man. I can just run forever. And it's, <laughs> it turned out that when you don't run for a year, you can't run forever. Um, so I ended up running, I think I ran to the, ran to the bottom of the street, found a, there's not really a loop near where I live unless you start running down the main road. And I thought, oh, I don't really want to start running down the main road. So I don't know when I'll end up turning around. So I just ran to the bottom of the school at the bottom of our road. It's about, I probably want to say it took me about 10 minutes to get there, around the bus stop and then back up again. It's a good effort, mate. That was, probably, good that was probably the main thing. I didn't stop, but... You're, a, you're an athlete. You're an athlete. Right, well, I, I feel that this is a, a good point for us to end part one and we'll try and get Ross back for part two. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back. Well, A, we'll find out where Ross has been. <laughs> uh, and then we'll find out, uh, and then we'll start working on the on project re, on project restart. And we'll talk about the football. <laughs> so we're going to kick off this week talking about project restart, which is uh, the project to get football up and running uh, from the from the culture secretary's point of view as quick as physically possible, Simon. Yeah, well, it seems to be exciting. I, I think a few football clubs are coming back to trading this week. I feel like it's all kind of virtue signalling to try and sort of push the agenda that they are ready to come back and that they, they sort of want to move to uh, towards being back. And the thing I really want to ask is, Ross, are you going to stay for the whole of this section? Or I'm mean, surprised, <laughs> surprised you come to me first, Cheese. I thought you'd get Ross in before he before he gets <laughs> off. But it's just in case he well, left for the answer. <laughs> well, I mean. What I've learned is once I've said my bit, I'm not really interested in what you two have done. So... <laughs> Very wise. <laughs> I mean, I imagine other listeners probably do the same. Just... <laughs> Although they might, they might now start listening to you on half speed because it is my new favourite thing to do. So, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I didn't, even, I didn't even I didn't know you could do Yeah, well, for anyone who doesn't know, so when, if you listen to it on Spotify, there is obviously the, the it says one time, so you can press that and it, you can speed up or slow down how quick you listen. And if you slow it down to like, you can do it even 0.8 speed or half speed, if you pick any one of them, it just sounds the ramblings of three drunken idiots, which usually it is, but even more. <laughs> so, yeah, it's brilliant. But that, yeah, that was my highlight. I mean, that that recording that I sent to you two, I've played that so many times. Just, just <laughs> <my head> off. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that- project restart. Yeah, so uh, three teams that we were back in training as of from, or three teams' training grounds are open, I think, from today. So Arsenal, Brighton, and West Ham. Um, and Spurs, and- Spurs just seems to be using the local park, weren't they, under Jose? Well, the one, of the, one, of, one of the reasons that Arsenal have kind of come out and said that they've opened their training ground again is that they've been using parks, but people have been asking them for selfies. So it's kind of like, well, they feel more comfortable and more uh, protected at the training ground than they do anywhere else. But um, well, my, very... my, my big question about all this is how can they reopen when lockdown's still in, in effect and it's not essential. But do you know what I mean? They can't. Yeah. Well, they've, I think I they've got kind of, I think they've got, not special dispensation is not quite the word, but they're like, they're, they've got their own ball. Um, they're opening, I so said they're opening up 10, Arsenal are opening up 10 pitches. So they're not, so they, they can still keep social distancing. So the players are. Oh, right. 
separately. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm guessing they've got all the equipment and all the facilities in the world to be able to enforce it. But my point is that there's probably a lot of businesses out there that could enforce social distancing that have had to furlough staff because they've been told to. I don't, unless there must be a very strong possibility that football is going back quite soon. Otherwise, it seems a very silly message to send out that it's okay for football clubs to have, well, have think, staff back in, but not. Well, the, all the buildings are closed. So I think technically they just arrive and turn up and train. I don't think that there's anything to, I don't think that there's, um, it's not the normal training where you'd see where they'd walk in through the reception. I think all the buildings are closed. They'll just, they just rock up into the car park. But then you can say that's what their job is. That So they, they technically don't have to, they can do some stuff from home, but there's some stuff that they can't do from home. So if they can't do it from home, then they are still allowed to go to work. So there's not a, don't forget, there's not a complete ban on, on going to work. And then, all right, they're not essential key workers, but the government didn't didn't say you couldn't go to work. They just say that they just said that if you could work from home, then you can work from home. I think the football the footballers are getting to the point now where they're saying, well, that's great. We can do there's so much we can do at home. They can keep fit for three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, but. There's actual stuff they need to do as a team because they work as a team. They have to do together, and I think. Yeah, but you just said they're not going to. You just said they're not going to be together. Well, no, they're not going to be together. They're doing. They're, they're kind of drip feeding individual stuff. So they'll be. They'll be. I don't know whether it's monitors or whatever it is they're doing, running with the ball and stuff like. There's only so much running you can do with the ball in, in your back garden. So they'll be doing certain things with the ball in, in training in a bigger space. Um. And then, for the looks of it, it's the 18th of May. It looks like it's going to be it, the 18th of May. Um, from what I've read, says that full training will begin on the 18th of May, which makes me think that the 18th of May as a whole will be. I think which, what's that? Three weeks today. I think it is. Looks like it'll be the date that probably lockdown measures will start to ease, which is when you'll be able to gather in in so much. So, so it's, that's got almost kind of feels like a date because I can't see football teams being able to train properly with the rest of us stuck inside not being able to see anybody still still following on the lockdown measures so i can't you kind of think that that's something that it's, it's almost possible a date that that will probably happen or if not the friday before and then it kind of feels like that needs to happen because then they, they want to start playing by the by june the 8th fifa have kind of said look if you want to get the season finished by the end of july then you kind of need to you need to have been you need to have started ideally by the 8th of june well this well, is yeah, what, this I, is what makes Go on, Simon. Well, uh, well, 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 I was just going to say, and the thing is, it's all right for them to start training. I think to upscale it to actually playing even behind closed doors, I think it turns out you actually need quite, even behind closed doors, you need quite a lot of people in the stadium, don't you? Like, once you've got enough ambulance people there and whatever security people, I think basically you can't really be socially distancing. You still need like 500 people or something inside the stadium, don't you? So yeah, something along those lines. And the other bit around that was if they are gonna if they are gonna televise it, if they are gonna put it on free to air wherever they do it, they are gonna need people to to physically broadcast it. And it's the same with I mean, I'm assuming as soon as the games get going, the games that Sky and BT have already picked, they're gonna wanna still they're still gonna wanna show them games because they'll be they'll, they'll be important games. So there'll, there'll have to be people I mean, how many people have to turn up just to set the broadcast up? But there's a lot of talk that um, a lot of games will be free to air, isn't? Won't there? Yeah. Well, again, and, and every f- every game will be on TV. But, I, free- I mean, I, th- I think the thing is, if you, like, there's a lot of talk about they're going to use dedicated stadiums, aren't there? Well, this is the thing that way. 
approved stadiums, but what does that mean? Does that mean that if half the league is approved and half isn't, that the teams that are approved play at home? Well, I think it'll just mean. I think it'll just mean that on certain. I mean, if it's behind closed doors, sort of home advantage stops sort of mattering, I guess. And I think it'll just mean that they'll choose a stadium and they'll put two games on in that stadium on that day, won't they? Yeah. So whatever. So you know, they'll they'll only need five stadiums to get through a full weekend worth of fixtures. Yeah. They'll probably do three in a day, couldn't they? Well, this this is what I was thinking. If they pick. So many stadiums, and then have have the teams based around that stadium. They're just like logistically, you can work it out from um, who needs to be where. Like you can pick five stadiums that are relatively close to each other, where you can base and then spring off from there. But then that means just setting that means just five camera crews instead of ten camera crews. It doesn't like it's half in things, and it presumably once you've got everything set up, once you could leave it set up. Yeah, it's not like people I'm going assuming. in. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. You could just you could have someone go in and set it up once, then you can have them come away and just have one engineer on site that could fix things. I'm presuming. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I, th- I think the fact that clubs are openly saying that they're getting people back training, there must be some kind of indication that sport is going to resume at some point, sometime soon, and that this will be an okay thing to do. Well, I think it, yeah. uh, in Germany, I think they've got a date when they're going to start playing, have they? Yeah, the 9th of May. So so the so the English FA have kind of given them I've kind of said like they want to start full team training on the 18th of May. Germany will have already been back for a week and a half playing actual football in stadiums by then. So we were we're almost a month behind Germany. If, if we do start playing by the 9th by the 8th of June, we'll be a month behind because they will have started playing on the 9th of May. Yeah, but I mean I, I, like I said the, the FIFA have also mentioned that they're considering uh changing the rest of the season that you can have five subs in a game because they know there'll be... Um, there'll be three games a week be, for a while. There'll be three, yeah, there'll be so, there'll, so, uh, ease fatigue that they can have more substitutions. So I'm presuming... They, they must just be doing everything... In the, like They must just think of everything. Let's get the season... Everyone's season's done and dusted as quickly as possible and then we can go for a normal... As close to normal restart for the new season, even if that's behind closed doors and it's still a similar style... They can just do it over a normal kind of schedule, yeah, but they I must they, they must they must be aiming to try and have as much disruption just affects this season and the next season can hope like not be back to normal, be back to normal as much as possible. That you can have like a, a schedule that is something what was what we're used to. Well, I think if this, I think if you finish at the end of July, you give it four to six weeks. It's the middle of September, isn't it? So it's not it's not what, what's that? Probably four or five weeks later than normal. So again, so they'll just probably have to condense the, the the calendar a little bit this year, which might mean the the taking out of international games. I'm not, I don't know, and then it will kind of get back to normal, probably not next season, but the season after. You would kind of think, but then that's the season we play. Is that not is that not World Cup year? Well, next next year well, is yeah. Euros, and then yeah, the year after that would be World Cup, yeah. Well, but the world the, the World Cup's in November or December, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean that's going to be a mess. Whatever happens, but. I mean, one of the things I think is starting to, a sort of narrative is starting to form that basically, and the thing is, football is quite global and interconnected. All the other countries seem to be moving towards a situation where they're going to, they're going to be able to start the season, start next season in around September, October. Well, well probably around September time. And you know, whether or not that's Holland and Scotland, where they've just decided to sack it off, or Germany that think they can get back and just start playing and finish the season off. And the trouble, I think, for the English... I, I mean, you know me, Cheesy, I hate to be negative towards Liverpool. 
But I think the, the trouble for Liverpool and, and for the Premier League is, I think we're going to move to a situation where they either need to start playing again, and if they can't get playing, they're going to have to just sack off the season. Because if every other country decides, actually, in September, we want to start a new season, uh, they'll all lobby UEFA to say, you know, they'll, they'll all want Champions League TV money. So they'll all say to UEFA, we need to start a new Champions League. Yeah. With, you know, and if everybody, you know, is, I don't think the situation, I don't think, in, you know, England can't be an outlier to the rest of Europe. You know, it's it's not like everybody else will start next season and we'll still just carry on with this season, even if we're still in November, December time. And then do right. it, you know, football's, football's contracts will, will, will all be sort of coming to an end. I mean, I, I agree because although we're, we're quite arrogant in terms of saying that we've got the best league in the world and blah, 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 it's this, it's that, we can't be that arrogant to say that everyone else has got to wait for us to do what we need to do before they can carry on doing their thing. It's just not going to happen, is it? Well, a lot of the well, a lot of the contracts finish. Is it, is it the start of June or the end of June? I think it's the end of June, isn't it, where a lot of the contracts are all... So I think yeah. it's going to be... I think it almost feels like it's they've, they've given like four weeks and extra months dispensation, so... By the looks of it, FIFA and UEFA have, have said, or well, UEFA have said, it need, you kind of need to finish your season by the end of July. So, I mean, if, I would if, even, I would, I would say though that from like a, a, like we're talking about what things need to get back going after lockdown finishes, there must be an argument that football generates a lot of money and a lot of income, like economically, for such. Considering there's only what there's only twenty businesses in the Premier League, they must generate a hell of a lot of money for, economically in terms of paying paying people and generating income and taxes. There's an argument to say that that's kind of an easy way to get people back into things and give a bit of a boost to the economy, isn't it, as well? And just a bit, a bit of normality in our lives. And we can all just sit and watch football. We can all argue about the football on Twitter. It's just a bit of distraction, a bit of... Well, I think that's why the culture, culture secretary's come out and said it, that they, they kind of... To, it's almost to lift the mood. Um, of, the, of the nation a little bit to kind of to kind of get it up and running again, and uh, however controversial that's going to be, the, the, I think there's in the next few weeks there's going to be a lot of decisions that are, are going to be weighing up the risk of whether it's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. We're not going to stay, we're not going to be able to stay in lockdown forever, are we? So we're going to have to come out of it soon. We're going to have to get I back mean, to whatever. The, str- the strange thing for me is, uh, I I thought this podcast was lifting the mood of the nation. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm astonished to find out we need we need to do more. What's 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 the smallest nation in the world? Because it's probably this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, what, smile what's... on the face of the Andorans at the moment. <laughs> what well, I would got... say is, you would you be if you were if you had any position in the cabinet, you'd want like culture secretary, wouldn't you? Because all I've you always thought is... that. Yeah, but all you could do at this time is say, oh, I'm pushing for football to come on. I'm pushing for the <laughs> yeah. to go, oh, it's not down to me. It's down to bloody elf. They're the old secretary. They're really hampering me. I'm, I'm with you. I'm pushing for this. You can only come up smelling of roses, can't you? And, just, just, just in just general, people under the bus. even in normal times, it's quite a nice little job, isn't it? Where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm the guy in charge of going to the football. Yeah, not really, most. <laughs> No one really minds about the amount of theatre that there is, is does there? I mean, maybe you have to come up with a policy to make make going to the cinema cheaper. Then I might, you know, you might win a vote that way. But I think in general, it's just a nice little. It's it's much easier than having to manage the NHS, isn't it? Oh yeah. Although being... I um I did notice that the culture secretary, I think he's called Oliver Dowden. He was asked the other day what he thought of um. Saudi Arabian, uh, 
the Saudi the Newcastle takeover. And considering, as we just talked about, he doesn't really have that much on. He was very quick to pass a book and say, oh, you know, that's, that's a choice of the Premier League. I don't want to be... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can do that for anything, can't you? That's what I'm saying. It's the most brilliant role. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting, though. It'd be interesting to see what does happen. I don't like when are they meeting, are they meeting this Friday, is it? Yes, yeah, this Friday, it looks like. So it'd be interesting to see what comes out of that. But I mean, I don't know how. I don't know where. It depends, obviously, what the government says as well, doesn't it? Whether they, yeah. whether they well, agree I'm... that it should happen. In the rest of Europe this week, the, the, obviously the Dutch league has decided that they're going to call it quits. There's quite a bit of it's not. I don't think it's so much the in the area divisive, but it's it's the second division in Holland where I think there's been a bit of uproar. I think one team's eleven points clear and the second team is seven points clear, and they've obviously said that there won't be any any um, relegation or um, there won't be any relegation or promotion. Uh, I mean, the then, interesting uh, the interesting thing for us from that is how does that affect the Champions League? Who who do then? Who do then the Dutch send forward as their Champions League representative? Presumably the Champions League happens next season. Yeah, well, I think UEFA will just do it on a merit thing. So I don't know how many, I don't know how many, uh, I don't know how many Dutch teams qualify. I think it's just the champions. So Ajax are only, Ajax are only ahead on goal difference at the minute. So I'm assuming that the points, the points per game will be the same. I think they've both played the same amount of games. So it looks like that, I think it's Azad Alkmaar. I think they'll end up going into the qualification rounds. Um, in the, the, either the third qualification round, whatever it will be, based on the fact that it's it, on goal difference. Trouble is, it's, it's all going to end up in massive legal battles, isn't it? You know, whatever clubs the you know the Premier League decide to send to the Champions League next year, and you know, say there's an un- incomplete Premier League season, then you know, t- if they just you know if they scrap it off and just send the teams that qualified last year. Then the likes of Leicester City will be, I'm sure, launching a legal complaint. If they, I mean, the other the... thing, we we'd both be screwed as well because I'd be pretty confident that United are getting the Champions League. Yeah, well, yeah, but yeah, exactly. And I think if United were, you know, not given a chance to finish off the season and qualify, they'd probably launch a legal campaign saying, you know, saying it's unfair to, to like whoever's ahead of the, you know, is Chelsea in fourth at the moment? Who's currently in fourth? Do we know? Yeah, it's Chelsea. Yeah. And yeah, yeah and, handy for them. Well, at <laughs> the minute, at, at the minute, Sheffield United. Have, if the season finished now, Sheffield United have got a game in hand, haven't they? And they're two points behind you, so it would end up being that Sheffield United. I think they would, would lose out yeah, on it but, by point zero one five or a point. But Sheffield United, they should just be happy to. I mean, they've had a great season. Tough place to go. It's a tough place to go. Bramall Lane, notorious. Yeah. But they should just be. That they shouldn't be thinking. They shouldn't have Champions League ambitions this time round. That's that that would ruin them for next season. But they haven't. They've it's got a... Europa League ambitions. They've got. They've not got Champions League ambitions. Yeah, but seventh would take them into no. Because if they won that, then the two points off Chelsea. We all know what Chelsea were like. And towards the end, they were pretty abysmal, weren't they? Well, yeah, but everybody's had a break now. United will be United. I mean, Rashford, Rashford will be back by the time that we. Well, by the time we start playing again. Well, this is the other thing that got me about all this is the fact that all. Everyone should be fit, shouldn't they? Oh, yeah, you think like Everton like, Ever- yeah, and Everton will have Andre Gomez, Andre Gomez back as well, won't they? Yeah, which is is a boost. That like it, it really changes the whole. It changes Harry everything, Kane doesn't it? Harry Kane will be back. Laporte will be back for City. 
Yeah. Well, I think it's of sort of everyone will gain from having players back that were injured. But I think if we do end up playing the rest of the season, it's really condensed. It's going to really benefit teams with big squads, isn't it? And you know, the likes of Wolves and Sheffield United, who sort of put out and even Leicester sort of put out the same eleven every week. If they're having to play three games a week for for a month or whatever to try and get the season done super fast. I think they're going to struggle, aren't they? I think that'll be like where the major disadvantage will be. Well, I think yeah, most teams, be- most teams left in Europe are still going to struggle because we've you've got to fit the entire season. In. So you would think that United are going to get to the you think that United get to the semi-finals of Europe at, at, at probably at the least. So United are going to have to play every three days. I mean, there's been no talk about how the Champions League is going to be resolved. I, th- I mean, you need to have a plan for domestic seasons before you think of your. European competitions, don't you? They've said they want them. They've said they want them finished. And it, it can't, yeah. UEFA can't come out and go, "Well, you want to finish your season off? That's fine, but we're going to we're, we're not going to bother with the Europa League or the Champions League." And like you said, it, the Champions League yeah, will but generate. They, but they can't, yeah, but they can't. Do, they can't. They can't. It just doesn't work, though, does it? And I think the trouble is, even like, I think we're quite a long way away from the bit where you know teams can start flying around Europe quite easily. Yeah, I think yeah, that's we're, the thing. we're going to be. Going to be yeah, in a row, yeah. you know. There's talk about quarantining people when they travel internationally and stuff like that. So, I, yeah, at least if you just have everybody in England playing against each other, and that's probably an easier place to get to. And I think they'll just have to, with the Europe, uh, Europa League and the Champions League, I think they'll just have to maybe try and squeeze them in at the end. There was talk at one stage of like trying to do it all, like do some sort of ton in a week. I know there's an issue with the Champions League and the Europa League that they're sort of halfway through a round, aren't they? So that. They're not like if, if they were down to the last eight or something, it'd probably be a bit easier to do. But I think they'll just have to. I think it's kind of on the back burner, isn't it? And just get back to domestic football and work out the rest afterwards. If I if I was planning, I, I'd say, look, let's get let's domestically sort this season out, and then we'll go again next season. We'll try and get back to normal next season. I think this this season's been disrupted so much. You just need to kind of track go right. We're going to try and get organised for next season as much as possible. Um, Anything, whatever we can cancel this season, let's cancel. Because what Champions League? If the Champions League doesn't go ahead for one season, it's, you don't you don't really lose out. The only people who lose out is the Europa League people. Because if you if you would have won the final, then you're in the Champions League, which we'll never know. But if you don't win the Champions League this year, although you could have had a great chance, you've just not won the Champions League. It's not really going to affect you going forward, is it? No, all to be uh, all to be worked out. Absolutely. Uh, right, okay, we'll uh, we'll be back after this with uh, the world with our uh, second round of the World Cup of Crisps. Welcome back to uh, the second round of the World Cup of Crisps. So we did the first four matches last week and we're going to we're going to decide the winners of the next four matches right now. We'll, we'll kick off with match number 1. Is which... this quick quick question? Is this the same yeah. half of the draw? No, this is a, this is the other half of the draw and we'll do that we'll do the draw next week. You right. can pick you can okay. you can you can pick the home teams, Ross, Simon. You can pick the away teams. Well, I assume it'll all be done in neutral stadiums. Absolutely. In, in my kitchen. Yeah. Uh, we've, got, uh, we've got Chris producers meeting at an unknown location in, in the UK as we speak. Um, okay, so we'll kick off with match number one. Um, sea, salt, sea salt and vinegar kettle chips against Frazzles. Oh, what a strong opening match that is. 
I mean, that is they're two two very good crisps. I mean, I've I uh, never really been a fan of the kettle crisp, mainly because of the price point. Yeah, they are they're a decadent crisp, aren't they? Yeah, it's always priced me out. I was a light coming to the kettle chip as well. Whereas a frazzle, you can you can eat a kilo of them. You've only spent a pound. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that goes against kettle Chris is that they're often quite funny shapes. I find they're a bit uncomfortable in my mouth sometimes. I sort of catch them on the top of my mouth. Um, and I know the clues in the title of crisp, but they are very crisp, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they're like, yeah, they're like, the, they're like the most extreme of the crisp. They're really, <laughs> that's what you're paying for, I think, is the extra crisp. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy kettle chip, but I'm happy to go with the frazzle. Uh, I just, have we, I don't know, is, is the frazzle a maize-based product? We, we all, the Monster Munch got through last week, didn't they? Let's go for the kettle crisp. Let's go for a, let's go for a high-end one. Yeah? Oh, well, it's okay. good to see yeah. the, the big spenders. The Chelsea of the crisps will get through. Yeah. That's the world we live in, isn't it? See what kettle chips it is. Right, we'll go on to match two C's cool original Doritos against Worcester sauce French fries. Oh. Now, the cool original aren't my favourite Dorito. Um... I prefer the the hot ones, but the Worcester sauce French fries for me are they are a delicacy. There is there's something about a French fry. It's a I niche crisp, but I, I I enjoy the length of the French fry, the fact you can nibble little bits off, and Worcester sauce. I think, I mean, you don't see a Worcester sauce French fry that often in the shops, and I think that's because that not many people can appreciate it. But I think it's like a caviar or an oyster. It's one of the classier crisps out there. So I, I, I would definitely go for a Worcester sauce French fry. Well, I mean, we touched last week on the fact that I've not actually eaten crisps this year. I, I don't think I've ever had a Worcester sauce French fry. I, I would always... I've, I've got an untrained palate, Ross. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not as sophisticated as you. And I didn't. I actually didn't think that a Worcester sauce French fry would appear in this list. Being, no, being I, as... I would definitely think that. I mean... I think we're yet to see cheese and onion across, across all the route. <laughs> There's now been more Worcester sauce flavours than cheese onion. But, well, we, um, got, we picked French fries because it was on the list because obviously I was doing it with Ashley. Ashley does, Ashley does like the French fries. That's why they ended up on there. And I thought, well, we'll throw, we'll throw a bit of a curveball in and we'll put the Worcester sauce ones in. Now, well, the, only thing a- that, the, only, the only issue I've got with the Worcester sauce French fries is that for my palate, they don't taste like Walker's Worcester sauce crisps. So I just think they just taste like French fries. I don't think there's enough taste in there. So I don't what? mind them, but I don't eat them. Yeah, I don't, I'm not. I am not a huge. I'm not a huge fan. I mean, it's a good job you're just hosting and not actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm happy to back you on this, Ross. I mean, I've not had it. Um, I must admit, I, I, I think the cool, the trouble, the cool original Dorito is a fine crisp. I'm not necessarily got a problem with it, but you're relying on the dip. I think that's the thing. You never just you, you never really go for a Dorito on its own, do you? You never really. It's all you need an accompaniment. Yeah, and it's play. It's on its own today. It's like you know we've only got ant or something in it. Yeah, you've not got you've not got a nice spicy salsa to go with it, have you? Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. The, the French, the Worcester sauce French fry wins through. Worcester sauce French fries wins through. Right, straight on to um, match number three. 
We've got sour cream and chive Pringles against pickled onion space raiders. Wow. I, I mean, again, I feel I may have maybe built a, a, a rub from my own back here by mentioning the, the dip issue. Um, I, I think sour, sour cream and chive Pringles, a good Pringle. I think if any Pringle you're going to have on its own, it's barbecue. And they're the one that you, they're the, that's the one flavor where you don't necessarily need a dip. Space Raiders, but back in the day when they were ten p, an absolute delight. I mean, what I would say is that sour cream and chow are my favourite Pringles, and I don't dip. Now, I don't know if we can judge based on twenty-year-old prices of crisps. No. Well, the the thing with the pricing, uh, I think the price of Pringles has always fascinated me because sometimes they're very expensive crisp. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes they're very expensive. Sometimes it's getting you're getting above two pound fifty. If that's the situation, I'll go and get the Space Invaders. But sometimes, Ross, it's down to a pound. Yeah. And when Pringles, right. when Pringles are down to a pound, you can't walk past them. I mean, one of the beautiful things about Pringles is the size of the tube. You know, you're getting all crisp. Yes. Because they're stacked up on top of each other. Where sometimes you buy these big grab bags. Oh, the, the, that is the scandal of Chris. I'm glad someone's finally saying it. And that's that's the one great thing about Pringles. You know exactly how many you're getting. It's always the same. You're never shocked. Whereas grab bag Chris, a lot of air's in there. A lot of air's been sealed up inside. But yeah, I'm happy. we've got we, we went with the Worcester Worcester sauce French fries. No, no, last no, no. You you won me around. Get those get those Pringles through. <laughs> I didn't think Pringles was was strong enough for a dip anyway. Oh, I mean, the, the, the ideal shape for a dip. Uh, I, yeah, but I've, I've never heard... Well, it's the first time I've heard of a dip in a Pringle, but... Whoa, your, your life is going to get a lot better. <laughs> I think next week's shop's going to be a 200-plusser, because you'll be getting the fruit, you'll get them in their dips. <laughs> Don't you know what I heard All the ones. You know what I heard recently? I followed Tim Lovejoy on uh, Twitter. He's, uh, he's advocating the use of mustard on a bacon butter. Not for me. I've never tried that. Yeah. Bit of ketchup. No, I haven't either. He's a lot of people. Simon Rimmer. <laughs> well, he's got a lot of people saying it's well worth it. I'm, I, I mean, I was after. If I would have remembered, I would have bought some mustard today. But not a condiment yeah. we have in the fridge. So no, we no, I, yeah, that's what I mean. It would have had to been a special purchase. And then if I didn't like it, I've just got a lot of mustard in the fridge. Then he's carrying. <laughs> <laughs> You've got some disarono. Are you trying that? <laughs> oh yeah, disarono and mustard. <laughs> uh, and then we fin- we finished with what feels like a bit of a local derby, and um, Quavers against Skips. Oof. Oh yeah, they yeah they are they are coming from the same area, um, aren't they? Another tough one. Although I must admit, uh, oh, Quavers are good, aren't they? I mean. Skips, yeah, everyone enjoys a skip, but Quavers, wow, they're one of the one of the elite Chris, in my opinion. Uh, all right. I mean, I enjoy both. I mean, if we had more time, I'd, I'd argue it properly. <laughs> <laughs> I do like a skip, but I'm quite happy to go with a Quaver. Yeah, I love I a Quaver. Like a I like I like the fizzle you get from a skip when you put it on your tongue. Yeah, I mean that is yeah, that's that they're, they're good for that, but um. But I, just I mean, think it, all, all in all, the quaver, the quaver gets it for I me. Mean, 
most things that you put on your tongue that starts to fizzle and you spit it straight back out because you think it's gone off. Not a, not <laughs> a skip. I'm not a big fan of quavers. I'll, I'll say it. It doesn't really matter now because you both YouTube made the decision, but I'll just put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, as we get to the end of the first round, uh, what are the big shockers for you that have uh, not made it through, GT? Um, I think it's all probably gone as I would have thought. I thought there'd have been a bit more love for Stank McCoy's. I must admit, when 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 we kind of went when we kind of went in for the first match, I thought I don't know if they really thought it was the right thing to do. I thought there might have been a bit more love for the uh, uh, for the Stank McCoy's. But then there's been some, there's been some very even clashes, like the nice and spicy knickknacks and salt and vinegar chip sticks, two classics. Um, pickled onion monster munch against really solid hula hoop again, another classic. I mean, what I realised this week is I don't have as many uh, memories to go with these crisps. No! I'll have to have a think for next week. <laughs> this, you got to feel this... that's going to go against them in the later rounds, isn't it? The lack of nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the first half of the draw is everything in the past. The second half of the draw is everything in the future. <laughs> uh, memories to be made, aren't they? Indeed. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, no, no Seabrooks made it onto the uh, made it into the last sixteen. No, because I, 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 I couldn't really fit them in. I think because we originally we were just going to start off with different flavors, a different type of crisps, and then after we put McCoy's in, I was like, didn't really put Seabrooks in. I never got the whole, I never got the whole Seabrook thing. I didn't growing up. I never, I don't think I, I don't think I had very many bags of Seabrook crisps. But can I just say when I like going shopping, saying every other time I've done the big shop recently. Obviously, crisps are a staple. You buy a lot of crisps in because you bags are quite easy to get through, aren't they? Simon, you're probably not this year. But... <laughs> no, yeah, but traditionally, yeah. Seabrooks, there's always hundreds of them. The rest of the shelves are empty. Weird that. Obviously, it's not a very popular. People no, are just buying them. I, I, I would have thought Canadian ham Seabrooks are ones that people really like. I think Seabrooks, they're getting a lot of action in pubs, I think, Seabrooks. They're, they're overrepresented in the pub, Chris, world. That's why there's so many of them on the supermarket shelves. Yeah. But, you and know, also, for me, a World Cup without... It's like Brazil not qualifying for the World Cup, this. It happens every year. Netherlands, Netherlands yeah. England in 94. Yeah, exactly. I would have liked a scampi fry or a pork scratching in there, Cheddar. Well, I could have gone. I could have gone twenty fourteen, but we we kept it to sixteen. I mean, the we, classic Euro yeah, Euro been, format. It's for the best. I don't think the, I don't think this format suits a group stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, imagine <laughs> that'd be an epic. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could have had a home flavor. You could have had a home flavor. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't think of anything anything less entertaining to listen to than the final round of the group stage when you've got a dead rubber <laughs> between Nick Nax and, and Walker. Uh, that was it. Yeah. Uh, Channel Five. Okay. Channel Five. The Channel Five this week did a show on Britain's uh, best chocolate bar. I was like, if they're creating two-hour TV shows about twenty chocolate bars, I think we. I, mean, I think we've done pretty well at, uh, to get through sixteen crisps. I mean, there's often been things, loads of times that we've talked about, and then like, literally on the radio or 
on someone's social media account a few weeks later, you think, yeah, are we, are we that much? Are we, do we influence that many people? Well, because the numbers, the numbers of listeners don't seem that great. <laughs> <laughs> must be just very key people that listen. Our, our, our expected audience is about 14. It's every, it's every top uh, TV exec in the, in the world that's listening. I <laughs> know where to come yeah. from. The material. Uh, right, guys, it's been, it's been another wonderful show. We'll be back next week. We'll be back next week. Thank you very much. Stay safe. Goodbye. Stay home. <laughs>Thanks for listening to the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouse podcast. Give it a like, give it a share, and let us know what you think on Twitter at Mank3. That's at M-A-N-C-T-H-R-E-E. And keep listening for more new podcasts every week.